Hello and welcome to the new episode of SupplyCast from the Healthcare Supply Association. My guest today is Richard Evans from Gore. Hi Richard, thanks for joining me. Hi Bruce, good to see you. Um, so Richard, first of all, um, can you tell me a little bit about your current role at Gore? Because I know that you've been there for a long time in various divisions. Yes, um, I have a, a varied role within Gore. So currently I'm working in the UK with the provider solutions team where we're looking at managing our relationship with all of the providers out there and creating a value strategy from all of our available products and services that we provide. Okay, I'm just going to, you sent me over um, a bit of a kind of a, a, bi a bio thing prior, prior to doing this. And just before we go into your, your time at Gore, etc., there was something that caught my eye. And it was the fact that uh, you mentioned in there, you did, a, you did a bit of a Jack Kerouac at 25 and did the, <laughs> did the, uh, the, the classic American road trip. Um, so I, I read this and I thought to myself, I've got to ask Richard if he's got one abiding memory from that road trip that you could Gosh. share. Actually, I have, know, there's, I there's, there's one immediately pop in to your head. Yes, numerous. One, one of them really was at that time that we, we decided to go over there and buy a camper van. And when we went over there, we were just in awe of the size of the cars and the vehicles over there. And we, we switched and changed our minds to buy a Chevrolet Caprice, huge seven and a half liter engine. Yeah. Um, and bought a, um, a small tent, which wasn't the best idea because it was really hot in some places. But so many people were so friendly. We would stop and talk to people and they would be sort of asking us questions because of our accent. Mm -hmm. And we would just say, have you got anywhere that you'd be happy to pitch our tent in your garden, for example? And they'd say, don't worry about that. Just come and stay with us. And I, I think the friendliness of the people mm -hmm. um, was, was incredible. I think that's a, a lasting memory for me. That's great. It sounds like you, you fully went for it. You fully committed to the uh, on the road yeah, experience. It was, it, it was a six month trip. We went mm. from New York to, to Canada, down to the Keys, and then back up to um, Tennessee. I have an uncle there. And then we drove all the way across to California. And a, a good idea of a good um, question of value here. We, we bought the car in New Jersey and we sold it for more money than we bought it for in California. I think they thought it was cool over there and on the East Coast, it was a, a pile of junk, but it was a big convertible, um, uh, beautiful thing, we thought. Now, obviously you've spent, um, Gore is a, a, an American company, obviously with mm -hmm. lots of like divisions, subsidiaries and that in, in, yes. in numerous countries, but it's, um, it's a US based company. Did that play any, did that early trip play any role in you um, pitching up at a US, company for most of your career? No, no, to be honest and to be fair, it was, um, I, my background is in textiles and textile technology mm -hmm. and Gore-Tex fabrics was obviously the, the place to go. So I was very excited to be given the opportunity to move mm -hmm. over there. It, it was a bonus that it was a global company yeah. and it gave me huge opportunities to, to travel the world and meet great people. So very thankful for that. I'm a great believer in Gore-Tex. I do, I do quite a lot of hiking. Mm -hmm. And um, and I only buy hiking shoes that I've got Gore-Tex covering. So yeah, 
So I'm going to thank you in a roundabout yeah. way. Okay, <laughs> and thank you, thank you for that plug. It's appreciated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Just, just try, try and make it. If you could make it a shade cheaper, that would be lovely next time. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, but it's good value. Um, did, oh, did, it's great did, value. It works. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they last a long time. Yeah, no, it's mm -hmm. it's, uh, it, it's it's great. I want I once made the the, the uh, mistake of. Uh, uh, not 100% waterproof pair of shoes once, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's not you know borderline trench foot by the yes. second day. So yeah, there you go. Um, Dur so durable performance is what we're after. <laughs> um, so you, um, I know that you were at a few of the divisions at Gore mm -hmm. for for a while. Um, I believe you was in the military. Division, yes, is that correct? I, I joined Gore in the in mm. the textile, um, the technical textiles division, fabrics, and that's the it's the technical materials, which is for the mm. police, the military, or, or law enforcement and military, fire and service, and, and workwear. And you've so did you have? I mean, obviously now you're in the medical division. That's why, well, you moved to the medical division in mm -hmm. 2012. Um, and that's where you find you, you sort of pitched a tent up there for a while. Um, how do you find working in around the healthcare type stuff that you are now? Do, is that something you if you enjoy? Do you enjoy that more than any other divisions you've worked in? Um, it's it's different, but there's a lot of things that are the same. So from from the military side and my side in the technical fabrics, it was public procurement and public procurement is governed by European tender or contract law. So there's a lot of similarities in there and the regulations have actually tightened up over the years and the compliance rules have tightened up over the years for the better, I think. Um, so there, there are a lot of similarities and it's still gore, the culture is the same um, across all of the divisions. So I, I feel it's it's just different. It's It's neither better nor worse, it's just different. But okay. it's always nice to do something new and exciting. Yeah. And how have you felt, obviously, in the role that you've been in for a while now, you've um, that's involved you dealing a lot with uh, uh, procurement individuals in healthcare mm -hmm. and in the NHS and, and obviously um, ourselves at the Healthcare Supply Association. Mm -hmm. um, how have you found that? How have you enjoyed that? If we leave to one side this year, just for a second, because yes. obviously it's for its own areas, how have you in general found it? I've enjoyed it. I think Gore have um, quite a high degree of success because of the, the value that we do bring to the healthcare system. And if you think of the different stakeholders that, that engage with our products, so the physicians love using our products and they love dealing with the, with the Gore associates and the service that brings. The patients have fantastic patient outcomes. So they're happy with the, with the device and the treatments that they bring and the healthcare um, divisions buy what the physicians are recommending as the best products by them looking at the evidence. So it, it's a it's a very positive experience working with the providers. Obviously, not every day is easy, and there are tough negotiations. But it's a it's a good experience. I think I think we're all sharing a lot of the same problems with um, the cost pressures that everybody's under. And and as you said this year, maybe is not the best example, but with the COVID and the Brexit challenges that, that are ahead it's keeping us busy so you opened the door there so i'm going to walk through it and uh discuss covid and mm -hmm. uh, and brexit um very challenging for 
everyone whatever industry or yes you know it's no, no, no one's there's been no hiding hiding place for this apart from potentially online retailers but even they've got to deal with massive amounts of spike demand etc um how has it been from your side of the fence so to speak we've managed quite well through the through the period so we have we have different divisions at Gore and we say that we're all in the same boat so if one area of the business is is doing better or worse than, than another area it balances everybody out so we all work together as a team but specifically from a, a medical perspective so we didn't furlough any of our staff so therefore we continue to work and manufacture our products through the through the period the staff themselves so that the sales guys weren't able to go out unfortunately and, and visit the physicians and sell the products but they use that time to the to the best use by working on best practice products to do some training and help better themselves when when everything gets picked up to go um, forwards in the future and we did some great things so we did some um, virtual case support where they weren't able to go into the hospitals to actually work with the physicians to support the procedure we developed a process where we could actually do it um, without having to be there that's great um, can you think of any particular aspect during this period that you're particularly proud of from a from a goal point of view in terms of I think from a Gore perspective, we really did stand up. I think we, because of the different divisions and our experience as a, a medical um, company and a material science company, we were able to use a lot of our technologies to help with the PPE crisis that happened at the beginning. So we were involved in making um, face masks. We were involved mm -hmm. in making drapes and gowns um, using our materials, which used to be a business of ours in the UK, but things moved away from reusable gowns to disposable gowns so things what what seemed to be a good idea some years ago is maybe coming around full circle uh you're referring to um manufacturing having gone overseas um not specifically oh. i think I, th I think it was actually the 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 hospitals needed to have the facilities to mm. be able to clean the gowns to be able to use them right and i think instead of laundering the gowns it was easier just to get a disposable one and throw it away and, and reuse it yeah. but in the world that we're living in at the moment with sustainability maybe things will go full circle and realize just throwing things okay. away after one okay. use is not the best way to go how do you feel about um there's been quite a lot of call we've run a we run, we run a weekly poll on the um, on the HCSA Twitter account, yeah. and uh, one of them was about what one of them was about what do you hope will be the um, long-standing lessons that are learned from this and things that might change. And um, in the poll, the 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 question that came out on top with the most support was uh, more of a return to UK manufacturing mm. for um, those um, for those uh, crucial frontline items like PPE. Um, yep. Is that something that, that you'd agree with? Is that something that you think makes sense? I think it depends um, on the <clears throat> type of product that we are developing. So we do have UK manufacturing for some of our products and we have global manufacturing for uh, some of our other products. So it just depends um, on the on the structure and the type of products. Mm. But I do believe there should be a, a local manufacturing base for essential products. So personally, away from work, I would like to see that, that UK yeah. would be self-sufficient. Yeah. 
and as much as I, I am a fan of capitalism and globalization, yeah. I'm also aware of the resources that the planet is using at a horrendous rate. So I would like yeah. to see us all be more efficient and effective in using resources and, and waste and energy and keeping the planet green. Sustainability, yeah. I was going to say actually, what, what sustainability in terms of Gore? How high up the agenda is mm -hmm. that? It's very high. We've been working on projects um, a long time in our manufacturing, but manufacturing base, in our transport areas, in our electricity and usage of of the resources, and in the products themselves. The, the products that we make are sustainable products. Um, we don't make things that are one use and disposable. So it's been in our DNA really to have sustainability ever since the start of the enterprise. Okay, um, and also uh, um, I know you've, you've been a, obviously you've been a, a Gore a long time. You see lots of different divisions and all that. Is the, has this year twenty twenty with everything COVID? Not just COVID, but obviously there's the. Brexit stuff that's always been in the background as well. Mm -hmm. Has this would this have been the most challenging year? I know that's a kind of a coverall term, but would that be kind of the most challenging year that um, uh, that you've seen at Gore in terms of having to deal with those sort of twin elements? Obviously, COVID has dominated it, but COVID and Brexit. I think for yeah, I, th I think for different reasons. I, th I think for me personally. I've done quite a, a few tasks um, in the last 20 years where I've really stepped out of my comfort zone. So to mm -hmm. go and live in a foreign country and work in Eastern Europe with, with new products, there's been a lot of challenges for me personally. Um, so I, I don't think this year has necessarily been the most challenging from that perspective. However, mm -hmm. we've all lived through um, extraordinary times this year, which, which we wouldn't like to repeat, yeah. but I've, I've enjoyed the eerie quietness of the city. I'll, yeah. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. That's been quite nice. And, and we've managed to slow down a little bit and really focus on strategy rather than firefighting, which has been quite a nice change. So that there's been positive elements as well as, as well as negative. Do you have any, is, are there any nice, exciting, uh, gore developments in the pipeline in terms of products? There's always exciting <laughs> products in the pipeline at Gore. Um, yes, there are new things and you'll have to watch this space. Okay, new materials? New materials, we focus our business on the whole on PTFE, polytetrafluoroethylene, yeah. um, and that was expanded by um, Bob Gore and he created EPTFE and then that led to the to the Gore-Tex products and everything that we that we see today. So that's really, quite incredible that, that all of those are now mm. in existence. New materials, we're a material science company, so we're always looking at expanding our expertise. So you mentioned uh, Bob Gore there, and it gives me a good opportunity to ask you mm -hmm. to say a few words about, about Bob. I know he passed away this last week. What can you say about him? What can you say about the legacies that, that he's left? Yeah, I, I would like to pay my respects to to a, to a great man who was an inventor, uh, a leader within Gore, without doubt, a leader in the industry, um, in the scientific community, uh, a philanthropist, and he's had a, a positive impact on my life with the, with the enterprise that he's created to allow me to do great things. I think the products that he has created has allowed many people to have um, an improvement in their life. And um, 
yeah, I, I just think it's incredible, you know, the, the things that he's achieved, he has achieved in his in his life, and working with his father, the 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 culture that he developed um, from a psychological point of view to make it go a great place to work has been really quite wonderful. Before we move on to, to some of the sort of um, the, the lighter personality bits at the end that we like to do, mm -hmm. um, what is that culture at Gore? Because I know that when I've spoken to you prior to doing this podcast, you spoke a lot about the culture of the company and that. Mm -hmm. Can you encapsulate uh, what's special about the culture at Gore? Yeah, I, I think we have we have four guiding principles. So we have a freedom <clears throat> principle where we believe in each other um, to allow everybody to grow in in knowledge, skill, and responsibility. And we have fairness, which is around um, being fair to everybody that we do business with. So our suppliers and our customers and each other. And it's nice that within Gore, we make and keep our own commitment. So we decide ourselves how we do the job. So that the, the what needs to be done is decided by the team, but how it's done um, is divided by the decided by the individual. And then we have a waterline principle. So we, we can't run around doing whatever we like all of the time. It sounds a little bit too good to be true. Um, but we do have to consult with appropriate associates when there's a big decision to be made to make sure we're, we're making the right decision going forwards. And it has a, a lattice structure. So it hasn't got a traditional hierarchical structure in the organization. It has a direct um, communication. And I, and I like to use the phrase that why would you go to a leader or a manager when you can go to somebody with an answer. Yeah. So the direct nice. the direct communication worked very well. Yeah. Um, just uh, a little bit of a um, pre-plug for HCSA here. You mm -hmm. um, had a relationship, Gore, with HCSA um, for a while. Um, how do you find working with HCSA, and how what do you see as the the benefit? That you that you um, that you get from that, and from the outside, how do you view HCSA? So it it started off by going to some of your exhibitions um, just a, a couple of years ago, and was very impressed by the quality of the the attendance and the quality of the the, the speakers that you had at, at the. Um, at, the, at the events and it was it was very engaging and I, I went back into Gore and said this is certainly something that I would like to be involved in so we yeah. persuaded in our waterline principle we persuaded the broader team it was a good idea so we agreed the sponsorship and and since then it's been fantastic engagement there every single person that we have spoken to has been enthusiastic helpful and supportive and long may the, the relationship continue with uh, with the projects that we're working on at the moment. Are you looking forward to the virtual conference? I, I've been lucky enough to be privy to a lot of what we've got planned, the speakers, the technology, which is kind of blowing me away. And, you know, my background, a lot of my backgrounds in technology reporting mm -hmm. and journalism and stuff like that. Um, so I've been quite blown away with what they're able to do with those mm -hmm. things now. Are you looking forward to the virtual thing, which I suppose to some degree might be here for a while? Yeah. Actually, Bruce, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm quite a shy person and I have to stand up and do a, a virtual presentation. So but apart from that, to be very honest, but apart from that, yes, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. We're working away. We, we will be attending and we are yeah, working away to make it interesting for anybody that would like to come and visit our stand and, and visit. Um, everybody else that's attending and, and presenting at HCSA conference. <laughs> that's interesting. Do you, would, you, do, would you find it easy presenting in front of a group of live people per se mm. 
as opposed to sort of doing it into much like we're doing now. You seem very comfortable at the moment doing this. Yeah, it's the anxiety before the event, I think. <laughs> right. But I, I, a little story I had to present mm. to NATO some years ago, and it was a huge conference. Right. And it had the, the NATO members, um, it had the generals and the politicians, and I had to stand on stage. And I felt like a, a small child standing in front of this <laughs> huge audience. And I, I do believe it went well in the end, but I, I think it's one of my most nervous experiences ever, never mind at Gorge, ever. It was a really daunting experience, but, but I've done it and I survived. So it's, it's taken the edge off future, future presentations. Let's, let's hope you don't get any NATO flashbacks then when you're doing your presentation <laughs> for us. I hope not. And, and, I, and, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it in, in November myself. Um, mm -hmm. So just moving on, I'm going to finish it off with just a couple of questions. Um, this is just a sort of little personality piece we like to do at the end. Um, yeah. I, did, I, did, I did sort of give you a bit of a um, uh, tip off that this was, this was coming, mm -hmm. just in case um, you hadn't watched earlier episodes. Um, or sort of listen to earlier episodes. Mm -hmm. um, so the first question is, and actually I have a sneaking suspect I might know the answer to this one from mm -hmm. the bio that you sent me, but I could be wrong, yep. but we'll see. Um, if you, if there's one album, I'll allow, mm -hmm. I'll allow it to be a song. Yeah. <laughs> and the duress, but if there's one album, there's only one yep. album you could listen to for the rest of your life. You can get one album to listen to, that's it. That's, like a, hard, that's a hard question. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go with a with a with a snap judgment. Since Eddie Van Halen died just yesterday, right. yesterday, I'm going to go with Diver Down from from Van Halen, due to the it's very topical today. Yeah, and it's he's, a great album. Very exciting. Yeah, and he's obviously uh, you know rich in your minds at mm -hmm. the moment after yep. after yesterday. I think I think that's a uh, choice that most people could get on board with. Mm -hmm. um, same question, but this time it's a film. There's only one film mm -hmm. you're allowed to watch for the rest of your life. This is what would it this be? Is, this is very challenging. Mm. And you know, I, I did mention this, so I, I'm going to go with a spaghetti western. Mm -hmm. So, so not necessarily one in in particular, but I love the music of Ennio Morricone, and mm -hmm. unfortunately, he died earlier this year as well. Yeah. And I just love the haunting music that he brings. And, and I can I can listen to the music without watching the films and everything comes back again. So I'm going to choose a spaghetti western. So if you if you were going off to that imaginary desert island, it would, you'd be listening to Eddie mm. Van Halen and you'd be watching a spaghetti western. Yeah, love I it. Sounds great. I'd be I'd be happy. With that. I'd be, I'd be <laughs> happy with that. <laughs> that's brilliant. On a different day, it could be radically different. Could but be, today, of course, yeah. That's today, fine. Yeah. 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 Sure. Okay, well, I think that's that's been great, Richard. Um, that's that's going to do it. First of all, thank you very much for joining me today, Bruce. That's a pleasure, and I do look forward to our event coming up in November. Yeah, absolutely. The, the virtual event is it's, it's going to be great, and I'll make sure, obviously, that I catch your presentation. And I'm sure I won't be able to see any fear in your eyes at all. <laughs> Appreciate sure NATO, that. Thank you. NATO will be a a, a distant memory. I'm sure. Exactly. And it's a great, it's a great audience. So I'll be happy. Okay. Thanks for that, Richard. That, uh, that's it for this episode of Supplycast. And I uh, hope you'll join me again for the next episode on the new Healthcare Supply Association podcast. Thank you. Bye.